Well, good morning. It's great to be with you today. And I have a story to begin with, as I always do. And this story goes like this. There was a man who was delivering penguins to the zoo when his van broke down on the highway. And a fellow stopped by to see if he could be of assistance. Oh, I'm in some real trouble here, said the first man. I've got to take these penguins to the zoo today, and I'm not sure how I'm going to get there. The helpful fellow volunteered to put the penguins in the back of his Suburban and take them to the zoo. The man with car trouble gratefully accepted the offer and promised to get to the zoo as soon as possible. A little later, the man was on the road again and he went directly to the zoo and he looked everywhere, but he did not see the helpful fellow or any of the penguins. In a panic, he drove back into town And just as he was wondering what in the world to do next, he saw the volunteer walking across the street with all the penguins waddling along behind him. And he ran up and he said, What are you doing here? I thought I told you to take the penguins to the zoo. The volunteer replied, I did. And we had such a good time there, we decided to come into town for ice cream. The Sermon on the Mount is like the instruction to take the penguins to the zoo. A lot of times, we get caught taking the penguins out for ice cream, and we justify our behavior by saying, but I did take the penguins to the zoo. Our capacity for self-deception when it comes to following the Sermon on the Mount is very high. When Jesus teaches things like, you are to love your enemies, and we have a hard time loving our enemies, we can turn around and say, but Jesus, I do love my enemies. When Jesus commands us to follow the narrow way, and we have a hard time following the narrow way, we can tell ourselves, but I am following the narrow way. When Jesus commands us not to worry, and instead to trust God, and we worry, we can tell ourselves, but I do trust God. But of all the teachings that make up the Sermon on the Mount, the one that I think it's easiest to deceive ourselves about is the one we're going to look at this morning about storing up treasures. Jesus taught in the very middle of the Sermon on the Mount, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Storing up treasures is something that squirrels are really good at. There's a professor at Wilkes University in Pennsylvania who has studied the hoarding behavior of gray squirrels. And he and his colleagues have found that gray squirrels are so smart that when they they come to an acorn or another kind of a nut, they can find out whether it's about to germinate. And if it is, they'll take out the tree embryo with their teeth and then they will hide the sterilized treasure for later consumption, one seed per inch deep hole. When it comes to storing up treasures on earth, squirrels are brilliant, but they will not be outwitted by their human competitors. It is natural for people to want to store up treasures on earth, and we're really, really good at it. If you think of all the ads on TV or on the radio about preserving your wealth and protecting your assets, there are people out there who are willing to help you store up your treasures. 
Now, obviously, it is a good thing to prepare for retirement, to save for the future. Jesus is not teaching against saving for your future. Saving for your future is good. What Jesus is saying is that there's an intrinsic problem with worldly wealth. And that is that it is temporary. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. When I was in elementary school a long time ago, back in the mid-90s, I had a Pog collection, and Pogs were little cardboard discs, and they had pictures and designs on them, and I had tons of these little Pogs with pictures of Michael Jordan on them. I lived in Illinois, and I was a big Bulls fan. I had a lot of Pogs with national parks on them, with space shuttles, with famous paintings, with famous baseball players. And one time my dad went to a Christian conference and he came back with a whole bunch of pogs with Bible verses on them. And there's a front side to a pog and there's a back side to the pog. And the front side has the design and the back side is blank. And you can trade your pogs with friends or you can play a little game where you take some of your pogs and your friend takes some of their pogs and you stack them up And you make a really high stack. And then you take the slammer. The slammer is this heavy plastic disc. And you raise it up and you bring it down and you slam down that whole pile of pogs. And they scatter all over the floor. Some are facing up and some are facing down. And you, as the one who slammed them down, you get all the pogs that are face up. And your friend gets all the ones that are face down. And the goal is to get the most pogs you can and the best pogs you can and the most expensive pogs you can. And there was never an end to the game. But the problem with pogs, the problem with things we store up for ourselves, is that they will always be subject to the slammer. They will always be vulnerable to being damaged and flooded and burned down, dented, lost, stolen, worn out, losing 2% in one day, or destroyed. And when our happiness is vested in earthly things and stuff, in houses and properties and cars, in clothing and investment accounts, that happiness is not secure. It's in a precipitous place and it's vulnerable to being hit by the slammer and turning up face down and being lost forever. And that is why Jesus commanded us not to store up for ourselves treasures on earth. On earth, moth and rust consume and thieves break in and steal and the things we work so hard to attain can be lost in an instant. And so that begs the question, is there a place where my treasures can be stored up where they will not be vulnerable to loss or damage or decay? And according to Jesus, there is such a place where your treasures can be safely stored. Verse 20, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. The command of Jesus is to store up treasures in heaven because in heaven, treasures are not subject to the slammer. They cannot be destroyed by moth or rust. They cannot be stolen away. In heaven, the gates are not shut. The doors are not locked. And there is no threat of harm. And when you invest your earthly treasures in the kingdom of God, 
when you give to God's people, when you give to God's church, when you give to God's work in the world, when you give to the poor, you are making an investment that cannot be lost, that is not subject to decay, that is not at risk of being stolen away. Investing in the kingdom of God is the single wisest financial decision that any of us can make. It is never done in vain. God translates those investments into changed lives and light shining in the darkness and sick people finding healing and broken people finding mending and thirsty people finding water and hungry people finding food and oppressed people finding freedom and lost people finding Jesus. Investment in the kingdom of God is never done in vain. Those investments are not subject to loss. Furthermore, Investing in the kingdom of God provides great joy when you see God use those investments to bring his kingdom more fully into the world and they will continue to provide joy in the life to come when you look around in heaven one day and you see what God has done through the generosity of his people. You will get to heaven one day and you will look around and you will say to yourself, holy cow, look what God did through those earthly treasures there's a reason jesus said when you get to heaven he will say to you well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful with a few things so i will put you in charge of many things so come and share in your master's happiness part of sharing in the lord's happiness will be sharing in those heavenly treasures earthly treasures provide happiness that is temporary and that happiness is subject to being taken away at any minute but heavenly treasures provide happiness that is eternal. Nobody can take away lives that are changed by Jesus or the help people receive in Jesus' name. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Heavenly treasures are those treasures which are secure in the hand of God, and so even death itself cannot destroy them. Nobody can ever take away the work that God does through earthly treasures and worldly wealth. And so storing up treasures in heaven, although it is a command, it really has the character of an invitation. And the theologian John Calvin, in talking about this passage, says, God kindly invites us to store up treasures in heaven and to enjoy riches which will never perish. Now, I want to put in a note of caution here. Storing up treasures is not about earning our salvation. We cannot buy our salvation. We do not get credit for good works on the basis of which we're saved. We do not donate our way into heaven. We do not buy our way into heaven. There's nothing we can do to earn God's love or buy God's salvation According to the Bible, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared in the person of Jesus Christ our Lord, He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Our salvation is a gift from God. Eternal life is a gift secured by Jesus Christ and His birth, life, death, and resurrection from the dead. We are saved according to the Bible by grace, through faith, in Jesus Christ. But there are things in this world 
There are temptations. There are treasures. There's the appeal of worldly wealth that is so seductive that it can claim our ultimate allegiance and become our master and corrode our soul. And that's why Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if all of our treasure is in in worldly treasure, if what matters to us is the stuff that we can attain and buy and store up for ourselves, then our heart's going to be there too. And if our heart's there, then it cannot be with God. Because according to Jesus, no one can serve two masters. Either you'll love the one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It is very tempting and very seductive to live a life aimed at happiness through the attainment of worldly treasure. And according to Jesus, living that kind of a life is a tragedy. One time he told a parable, and Jesus said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what should I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you've stored up for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. That is a hard teaching. The man in that story failed to realize that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And throughout the Bible, God's people were tempted to turn their hearts away from the living God and towards idols. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They exchanged what they knew about God that God is good, that He loves us, that He's died for us. And they gave that away and they bought a lie. They thought they could find fulfillment in things that were created rather than in the Creator. And that broke God's heart. But God's heart was still with them. And so even though they were unfaithful, God was faithful. God's heart was with His people. And so He put His treasure there also. And God's most valuable treasure, if you think about this, what's God's most valuable treasure? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything we have is His. But for God, His most valuable treasure is His one and only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And God gave Jesus up to death on a cross. And God showed us once and for all that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also Jesus Christ is the treasure of God. God put His treasure with us. And if Jesus Christ is with us, then God's heart is with us. And as the risen Lord, we're now the possession of Jesus Christ. He says to us, you are mine, you will be mine forever, and nothing will ever take you away from me. And now the call for us is to, in response to that, put our treasure with Him. And we put our treasure with God when we put our treasure where God's heart is. And God's heart is with His church. And God's heart is with the poor. And God's heart is with the alien and the widow and the orphan and the imprisoned and the sick. And every single one of us is going to die one day and people will talk all about our lives. 
And the people who are really close to us will look at our checkbook and see where we put our money. And they'll see what was important to us because one of the indicators of where our heart is is where our treasure is. And we all want our heart to be set on God and we all want our heart to beat for God and to be on fire for God. We want our heart to be aligned with where God's heart is aligned. And over the course of our life, God, by His Holy Spirit, will do work in our heart to align our heart with His so that we direct our treasure to Him. But there are certain ways in which our treasure also directs our heart. Sometimes our treasure maintains a stronghold over our heart and captivates us and has a grip on us and God calls us to tear down the idol and to give up something we really wanted so that we allow more room for God in our lives. We can lead our heart toward God by putting our treasure toward God and what matters to Him so that our treasure helps direct our heart toward the heart of God rather than the other way. Frank O'Connor in his memoir about growing up in Ireland tells the story of how when he was a boy, he would go explore the Irish countryside with his friends. And one day they were out exploring and they hit an orchard wall It was too high, they thought, to climb over, and it prevented them from continuing their journey. So he and his friends decided they would take off their hats and they would throw them over the wall so they had no choice but to go follow them. And there will be days in our lives when we feel like we've hit a wall in our walk with God and we don't know what to do. And we have this opportunity before us to take our treasure and to throw it over the wall toward God so that we have no choice but to keep on following. It's like our treasure in the hand of God directs our heart toward God. And that is why the Apostle Paul said, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And we set our heart on things above when we set our treasure there because according to Jesus, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen.